Agility is a desirable ability. Articulatory ability is a stuff. <laughs> it's a tough one, isn't it? It's just a unique New York, unique New York, yeah, unique yeah. New York. All right, well, I got it. Anyways, <laughs> Lucas, this is what we call our soft opening because we're going already. We're on air. But I wanted to ask you something. You're a family-friendly act, right? Yes. Yes, and yeah. everything you see, every time I see you on in the internet, on television or whatever, you, you seem to come across as really professional, really, uh, <laughs> like, uh, polished. You're, you're, you're not doing anything offensive that's going to turn off sponsors or turn off anyone like that? Usually not. Usually right. not. Well, I do all the opposite of those things <laughs> on this show. So if uh, I appreciate if, if – I'm going to try to keep it as clean as I can or within reason <laughs> – but if, every once in a while, if it gets out of hand, uh, I do apologize in advance. Oh, you don't have to apologize. All right. But uh, we're going to still do the Dutch Hall the way we do it. So let's hit the theme song and do it. You can talk through it, too, if you want. This is my lovely live audience yeah. at the live from the Dutch Hall. They're a little fake. They look beautiful. They're beautiful. Oh, yeah. They are a very nice crowd, and they always give you what you want. They always give you a nice round of applause anytime you want. I can, you can do a crappy joke. I can, I can got laughter. I have a rim shot. Oh, anything you need. Anything corny that you guys try to do, I can sell it you, for you. you. Can sell it. Sometimes during a show, I often it was like, it would be helpful if you had one of those like, applaud signs. It's like, okay, that's, oh, I'm standing here. This is where you applaud. Yeah, last week when I did my first live show at uh, Waterford, at uh, Shenanigans on St. James. That was our last episode, and my first time trying it from a live crowd. I was so shocked that they actually clapped when I started the show. <laughs> I didn't know what to do. Eh? It was like took me aback. I didn't expect it. But I, I, next time I'm going to ask him to do it. I'm going to set it up because it, it felt pretty good. It does feel good when they <laughs> applaud, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Have you ever had like a stone cold, like just where no matter what you did, it just came across like crickets where people just seemed like they weren't interested in what you're doing? All the time. You yeah. Know, you never know. It's, it's, um, it's usually the uptight corporate groups that get that way. You know, they're like, oh, you know, we can't enjoy this. We're not going to laugh at this. And, uh, you know, they're a little snooty at times. Uh, oh, yeah. You, you try to warm them up. You try to. But sometimes, you know, uh, my assistant, Kelly, and I, we just look at each other during the show and go, it's, it's, it's dead out there. Yeah, it's, yeah. There's, there's no hope. You know, you know what that is, eh? Those guys that work for those corporations are stuck in, like, a cubicle or, like, in some sort of miserable environment where they've been there for so long. And then they have this reward trip. I'll use the air quote reward trips a lot of times, <laughs> which they're forced to go to. They're mandated to go to, even though they maybe would like to stay with their families or whatever. And some stuffed shirt that had a meeting somewhere that thought, you know, I'm going to, instead of asking my employees what they want, I'm going to give them what they want, which is going to be this magician and whether they like you or, or not <laughs> you like it or not you're gonna sit through this they don't like being told by their bosses what they like so they just don't like it or they're just gonna say it's lame or they're gonna tune out because it's uh, they're disgruntled workers yeah. it's nothing personal to you but i i know f from experience because i've been there we had a com stand-up comic come to one of our uh, conferences one time and that poor guy it doesn't matter how good his jokes no. were he was just gonna just... go nowhere with it eh? oh i don't know how they those guys can they, they must pay well that's why they take yeah. them but i mean from a from a uh, getting what you need from your audience, you're not going to get it at a corporate gig very easy, eh? No, it's uh, it's like pulling teeth sometimes. Yeah, but you know, it's uh, it, it pays the bills. That's right. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> well, I wanted to introduce our guest today. Our, our guest today is a three-time world record holder. 
He's appeared on Canada's Got Talent, as opposed to Norfolk Has Talent, the grammatically <laughs> correct way. Uh, he's also appeared on Dragons Den, where he was successful at uh, securing funds from two of the Dragons. He only, or there were two of the Dragons had a bidding war, right? Yes. Against which, and uh, so which is a feat in itself. Um, it is Lucas Wilson, the illusionist Lucas Wilson. <laughs> Thank you very much for coming in. Oh, thank you for having me. I'm so happy to be here. So there we go. We have to end it sometimes <laughs> with that. Um, I just want to, before we get going, I'll get all the the, the uh, business out of the way for you. If you want to look up uh, any of what Lucas is doing, the best way to do it is to either look at his website, theillusionist.ca, or you can follow him on tw- Twitter at capital LW underscore illusionist, or you can visit him on Facebook and like him on Facebook at uh, illusionist Lucas Wilson. You can also get the Lucas Wilson app, which is available for Android and iPhone. And uh, Apple products, yeah. Yeah, and uh, which Live from Dutch Hall is available on uh, as a, uh iPhone app currently. And we're just putting the finishing touches on our Android app. Just while I'm plugging you, I'll get a quick one in for myself. <laughs> and uh, I also wanted to stress, we'll get into this at the end too, and we'll talk about it a bit. But I wanted to, before I forget, in case we get into something big, the next live event for Lucas Wilson is going to be the Illusions Lucas Wilson Drama Department Fundraiser, which is going to be held Friday, June the 13th at Holy Trinity Catholic High School in Simcoe, Ontario. Tickets are $10 in advance or $15 at the door. And it's going to be a great, uh, it'll be a great show to bring the whole family. If you have your kids, bring your grandma. Bring the family. It's the 8th annual. Uh, my friends at PropertyGuys.com, Haldeman Norfolk, are sponsoring the event for the third year in a row. Oh, great. And so they help us out and they donate money to the drama department. And uh, it's, it's the big event every single year for the drama department. It's the one thing that they do to raise money for the drama department. So it's right. a lot of fun. Yeah, and is that your alma mater then? Uh, Holy Trinity? Is that where you went to school? That's where I went to school. That's, so you're giving back, eh? I'm giving back because, uh, you know, they took a chance uh with me when you know i was like nobody and there was you know just an idea like let's put on a magic show they're like yeah okay yeah sure all right Uh, and uh, so yeah they took that chance and so now it's it's so great to be able to give back yeah uh, so like when you were in uh so when you were at at in high school then and you were already doing it i take it like uh, yeah i was doing obviously on a much smaller scale and i was just trying to grow a business and create a business at that point in time and i just needed that one big chance you know somebody to take a chance on you you know put on a big show instead of just doing your little tiny birthday party shows yeah yeah and so uh, they said hey why don't you put on a big show we'll sell tickets to the students we'll, we'll give the money to the drama department. You know, my uh, teacher, uh, Mrs. Townsend at the Holy Trinity, she, she took that uh, risk and uh, it's turned out fairly decently uh, over the past couple of years, that's for sure. Yeah, yes, yeah, it's, it's great. So I want to get into um, today, uh, what I'd like to get into is kind of like how you got into magic, so the history of what you've done to bring you to this point. And I also like to kind of go in where you are and where you're, what you're doing now, what you're cooking up, and then kind of get into kind of where you're going, I guess. And along the way, I think we'll be able to bring up a bunch of different uh, magicians because I've done a little bit. Today was my big research day on magic, research. so I've been ma- I've been ma- I'm magicked up. I got you a whole spend bunch of the entire day on YouTube. There's a, like a billion videos to watch. Yeah, yeah I did an hour alone on uh, Doug Henning. I just, <laughs> oh, just... I, yeah, <laughs> completely. So it's great. I hope we, it'll work out. But before we get doing that, we have to do a little segment that we call feedback. We got feedback, so that we don't have to interrupt you with any nasty business anymore. So let me, without further ado. We got feedback. <laughs> Thank you, Rooster, for that uh, rousing theme song, as, as usual. What word do you got here? Uh... 
That's for you, Dave, for the theme song you wrote for me. And uh, so today, feedback, we got feedback. It's going to be a real quick one. I just wanted to kind of reach out to some of our new listeners from last week. We got listeners from Peoria, Arizona, Caledon, Ontario, Courtney, British Columbia, Edmonton, Alberta, Bolton, Ontario, St. Catharines, Ontario, San Mateo, California, Elmira, Ontario, Etobicoke, Kingston, Brantford. So thank you very much, everyone who's a new listener. I hope you come back. I hope you're going to continue to watch live from the Dutch Hall. Now, the other thing that we have on feedback, we got feedback this week, which is uh, last week was uh, shop tour number one, um, which was at my brother-in-law, Jeff Balls in Waterford, which we did a tour of similar places to the Dutch Hall. It was my first live event in front of a bigger live crowd, and uh, I would say all in all, it was a huge learning experience for me. So uh, most of my feedback r recognizes the fact that at least the first half of that show really stunk, really stunk it up bad. <laughs> Now, honestly, it wasn't all my fault. Uh, it was a lot of it. Well, it is. It's my fault for not knowing any better, and I, now I do. So I'm really, I'm really taking it as kind of a learning experience. I think I saved it near the end where I started to figure out how to work the crowd a lot better, how to get people involved in the show. So the next one that we're working on right now, I know is going to be better. We've got a whole show planned. So I, within the next month, I think I'll be able to have that one booked, and I'm currently working on it now. So stay tuned for announcements on where the next uh, live show is going to be. I'm thinking Delhi for the next one, but uh, we have another couple people that are uh, vying for locations right now. So stay tuned for that. I'd like to thank everyone for who did give their feedback. Some of our regulars, uh, I have to say, uh, have, have been missing. It's a busy time of year, especially with a lot of our farmer uh, listeners who are out in the field. But the one in particular who's always been with me from the beginning is the Haitian Dwarf. And the Haitian Dwarf, once again, it's a very rare occasion that we don't get feedback from the Haitian Dwarf. So every time we miss a week... We do worry about the little man. We hope he's okay. We is, he is a high-risk job. Uh, what we understand, he's a, he's a little person. I think they, they toss him into a, like a Velcro wall of some sort. Have you heard of such a thing, Lucas? I, I have, yeah. yeah. Well, this, a, this little man, yeah, it's a sport. But these people, uh, you know, I, I was against it as, a, as, a, as some sort of form of entertainment. I was against it because these people i felt they were maybe objectifying them as uh, little people and maybe uh, it was more humiliation for them but then actually talking to this listener of mine it seems that they're they're skilled stuntmen who really enjoy it. and if you take away the ability for them to be thrown into a wall then they, they're out of work right they're out of work. <laughs> so uh i i support it i support it if it pays well yeah he's from haiti too it's a different country a different culture so i'm, I'm not i don't understand it but i support the guy because he's been a listener for me so i just want to say to you haitian dwarf i hope you're okay I hope you're going to come back with some more feedback in the future, and we're thinking of you. And uh, obviously, another one of my feedback regulars, Conroy123, he is also fairly busy. Uh, I think that uh, plant coming around the corner, and he's not been responding to me. So, uh, you know, both those guys, I hope you're okay, because uh, it's, it's weird to go a week without hearing from you. But uh, I just wanted to touch back on feedback. We got feedback. There's th a bunch of ways you can get a hold of me. Please, please, please go on iTunes and give me a review on on uh on itunes give me five stars if you'd like and uh go on facebook and like me there share my episodes if you can to get spread the word and get the word out there for people to listen and follow me on twitter dutch hall on twitter or you can send us an email live from the dutch hall at gmail.com and we'll be sure to get back to you i'm actually thinking about maybe doing an advice show coming up so if you have any questions that you think I could answer or some of the cast of, <laughs> of idiots that I get together can answer for you, then send in your questions and we'll put an advice show together. So thank you, everyone, for your feedback. We got feedback, and we'll see you next week. So that's it. Oh, one more thing. 
Feedback, we got feedback this week, and every week is sponsored by Amazon.com. If you'd like to go to my website, livefromthedutchhall.com, hit the Amazon banner, either Amazon.com or Amazon.ca. Anything you purchase, a little bit of that money will get kicked back so we can help pay for the things that we need to run the show and hopefully improve on it. There's a couple of technical improvements I have on my wish list that eventually I hope we get to. I am pleased to announce that we have uh, doubled my earnings from uh, the last time I've announced it. So I went from $2.02. I think I'm at $4.87 now for earnings. Hey, oh. So, yeah. <laughs> the good times are rolling in here. It's amazing. Thank you very much, Lucas. Uh, people think Canadian entertainers aren't, uh, live, a, live a, a, you know, an impoverished life. But uh, I'm proof of it. You're proof. That, I, that is not the, tr- that is, is not that the is case. Not, you can get so much with all $4.87. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. You can... I can mail a couple letters now. A, a couple. Just a handful <laughs> before they put the price up again, right? <laughs> That's right. dollars to mail a letter here now. So, Lucas, I was, I was curious because I'm an old guy, like an older guy. And uh, when I was a kid, I, uh, I had all kinds... I mean, everyone has uh, probably a phase in their life where they go through... You know, I mean, there's an, a magician phase and then there's a yep. ventriloquist phase. <laughs> Did you ever have a ventriloquist phase? I've can't say i had one of those no you never I, tried i find them fascinating and kind of creepy at the same time uh, but i never was like i saw i want to be a ventriloquist did no. you know that david copperfield that's how i started do you know he was a ventriloquist that's how i started yeah, oh, he, yeah. Had a, he had a ventriloquist dummy named uh, uh venny i believe was its name venny venny very original right yeah, yeah 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 and at his warehouse um in las vegas there's actually a whole room dedicated to ventriloquist dummies yes he's got everything and he's got puppets in there he's the original like lamb chop and he's got he's uh, got otto and george the yes. original george yes yeah and, and i'm a huge i'm an otto and george fan he just passed away he otto peterson away, yeah, yeah. There's but a, there's a video online of uh him looking at it, it just, just recently was posted of him at the warehouse looking at it going oh you're in good hands now oh yeah, yeah. so they just posted that video of, uh, yeah apparently uh copperfield was a huge otto and george mm-hmm. fan and it, for those of you that don't know you should go on youtube and look up otto and george don't do it if you don't have a stomach for filthy filthy stuff because this is the <laughs> it is the worst it probably his whole act is probably as filthy as he can otto peterson himself of course being the straight man he was fairly clean and, and concerned with the crowd but his his uh, dummy was nothing short of filthy <laughs> so but the the act is as filthy an act as it comes and uh, coppersfield loved it and his act of course is very straight very clean very, very family friendly but he knows the entire act and he has ventriloquist chops so i was listening like pen gillette mm-hmm. uh, i listen to his podcast sometimes the yeah. guys i find would be very uh, entertaining and, and intelligent and uh pen was saying that he said it as a joke at first that he wanted to get Copperfield to carry on with the act now that Otto's died. So that he said he said yeah. for sh- he goes the guy's got chops he can he can do it mm-hmm. and and he knows the act inside yeah. and out. So um, they were saying how great would it be to see Copperfield even just one night only <laughs> take George out of the case and do his whole like like Otto uh, Peterson's whole act. Everybody get your tickets. Oh, it would be uh, it would be it would be the greatest show ever, you know, just to see him yeah. do that, you know. I think it would be fantastic. He had that this bit where he would uh, his dummy, he would um George would uh, impersonate uh, JFK mm-hmm. and at the it was his closer so that he would say want to see my impersonation of uh, John F Kennedy. <laughs> oh no. And then uh, Otto would flip the dummy's head back and he had like a trap door in his head and oh. his head would spill open and his brains would come would fly out of his, his head. <laughs> That was his closer. That's got to be your closer. Yeah, I'd love to see Copperfield pull that one off. <laughs> well, yeah, it is the magic bullet, so, you know. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, I guess so, right? <laughs> it goes hey. hand in hand. There you go. <laughs> there you go. 
I was slow on it. I'm sorry. So I wanted to say, you go through all these stages, and generally, your parents will eventually tell you, okay, Lucas, you know, enough's enough. You know, eventually, you have to get back into your schooling, or you got to do something. Yeah, do something with your right? life. Or at least, at least, if you were, they saw that your, you know, your talents were exceeding their expectations, that you might be, have something here, then they would say, well, you have to probably have something to fall back on or something like that. Would that be would that be fair? That's probably normal that that's what people do. That's like, what that's what normal people do. But if you look what I do, I mean, it's not really that normal at the end of the day. And uh, no, it wasn't like my uh, my parents begged me to become an illusionist. You know, it wasn't like I wanted. I didn't say I want to be a doctor, and they went, "Oh, please come and become an illusionist." Yeah, yeah. didn't happen like that. Uh, but uh, obviously, they did have a, a little bit of a, a say in what I, I should do. I should have a, a real career to fall back onto. Uh, which I do, um, but I, I went to school for a theater arts technical production. So it was kind of like the same thing as, you know, the magic of theater, because there's a lot of stuff that goes on when you see a show, right? Right, right. You know, like all the lights and sounds. I went, I went to school for that. But to go back on the, the magic phase, I mean, every kid has a magic kid. Do you have a magic kid as a kid? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and you, when you got it, right, you were like the best magician ever. You were going to become the next big thing, right? Oh, I tried them all, yeah. You put, on, you put on shows for the family. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, we, we, all, we all did it. Yeah. Um, most people grow out of it. They hit puberty and they go, no. Yeah, yeah. And I hit puberty and was like, yay, more magic, yay. <laughs> and so it just, it just kept on growing and growing. And luckily, parents were very supportive of this. And uh, that's what you need in order to uh, do something in the arts in most cases is supportive parents. Because if your parents force you into a real life career, then you're never going to be able to take up on that uh, art right. side of it. So, and you were able to use your education to further your act. Absolutely, as well, right? because uh, you know when I go into a theater now, I don't have to be like, how do these lights work? How does the sound work? Like, I can do things myself. I can tell. I can speak their language essentially. You know, I can be like, hey, we need these types of lights, or we need this situation. And uh, I learned how to build things as well, so I can build my own tricks and uh, learn tricks of the trades like that. So, and and I personally just love the magic of theater as well. Right, right. How all that stuff works. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, were, did you, were you a theater kid as well? I was definitely a theater kid. You know, I went to um, locally. I went. I did the Lighthouse Theater program during the summer, which was incredible. And I did uh, YTP and Simcoe as well. So I did all the theater classes. I put on the shows a whole bunch of times, and uh, I sang. And then slowly they they phased out my singing, which was probably a good thing. <laughs> I, I I was like, okay, yeah, I'm probably not a singer here, guys. Although, um, probably would have gotten more girls that way. Played the guitar. We go there, play the guitar, win, win, win the girls over like that. Magic's not doing it for the well, girls? Hey, girls, do you want to see a magic trick? you want to pick a card? I think it works for a lot of guys, though. <laughs> they just got, you got to do it right. You, you just got to do it. You can't be like a creepy, like, hey, I got a deck of cards. Do you want to see a trick? No, you got to do more of that, like, Chris Angel, like, mysterious, mysterious brooding. Dave, David Blaine, like, watch. Yeah. yeah. What do you think about Blaine? Uh, I'll ask you about all those guys later, but, but David Blaine in particular, like, his uh, street magic and his sleight of hand that he does close up. I mean, that stuff's good. But his stunts, his stunts to me, like they get. I guess they get media attention, which is what they're meant yeah. for. But a lot of it's just so boring. Just standing around, <laughs> right? I'm going to stand for six years. Like, yeah, he's yeah. like, okay, all right, that's cool. Like, <laughs> wait in line to see that. <laughs> and then at the end, it's like he's he's horribly mangled, and they have to bring him to the hospital and stuff like that. You think that's? Uh, Part of it? Are you allowed to like critique that? Is that part of, against the magician code or the illusionist oh, code? I don't, well, it's a stunt, right? I think he he does train for a lot of these things. You know, he tried to break a world record for holding his breath for the longest, which was like seventeen minutes. Yeah. yeah. Uh, he didn't succeed in doing it the first time he tried it. Oddly enough, um, so I believe it's real. But uh, yeah, because like Houdini did these things where like the water, the uh, milk jug or whatever. Yeah, like, yeah, he did all that. Like stuff. Houdini was a master. He could get out. He could get out 
well in, in, in advance of when he let the crowd in on the fact that he's out. Yeah. Because he liked to, he knew the exact point in time where the, the concern for him would create that sort of tension, which when he broke it would make him pop the loudest. Just go crazy, know? right? Yeah, and yeah. It's, it's amazing to think back then, uh, nowadays everything's so visual, you have to see everything. Back then, you know, he was putting this uh, milk can that was filled with water, it was locked shut, and they put a curtain in front of it. And yeah. that's what you stared at for, you know, however long it took him, you know, three, four, five minutes. And you're just staring at a curtain. Yeah, and yeah. you were going, those people were going nuts for this. Yeah, you're yeah. looking at a curtain. Nowadays, we were like, boring. He's probably not even in there. Probably not even in there. Yeah. They're out on their phone. They're like tweeting. It's like, oh, lame. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, but, so it's incredible to think that like he, he was a master of that and understanding the audience and uh, getting publicity, doing these crazy stunts, you know. Yeah. The, the whole straight jacket upside down stunt um, was created by Houdini just to get publicity. You know, he'd go out in front of like uh, the local newspaper hang himself upside down. Everyone would come on. Newspaper obviously would come on and be like, hey, what's going on out here? Yeah, yeah. And uh, they'd watch him hang upside down in this straitjacket and get out and it just drummed up attention. He'd do some big escape in every town he went to. Yeah. And um, obviously it, wor it worked really, really well for him because we're still talking about him today yeah. all these years later. He's still an interesting character. I mean, uh, I mean, I, I really wish there was sound back then. I would love to hear his voice because when you look at the the video of him, and just his demeanor and stuff like that. He seems like a real pit bull. Like he didn't seem like he'd pro like people said he was a real sweet guy and all that stuff. But it looks like if he, you stood in the way of him getting what he wanted done, he was a he, bit of an a hole. Yeah, I, that's what I've been told. I've been told like if you if you um, read correspondence back and forth uh, from him and other other magicians during that time period, he's not a very friendly man. No, he's not a very nice guy. Well, he was pretty upset because a lot of guys were just stealing his stuff. And when you are the innovator and everyone else is just copying your and the imitators, oh, you know. Oh well, yeah, you're gonna get real PO'd because of that. Yeah, he uh, even had a brother of his that when he was doing an act, he was doing the upside down straitjacket mm -hmm. act, and his brother, who was also uh, an illusionist, yep. uh, was out handing out flyers for his show. So everyone yeah. thought while the flyers were being handed out that the brother was the one that was up there and. Uh, Houdini was not too pleased that his brother yeah. was kind of like stealing Steal, his thunder. Stealing his thunder. And um, yeah, his, him and his brother have a very interesting relationship because uh, Houdini had left all of his equipment to his brother uh, when he died. Mm -hmm. And it said in his will, burn all my stuff so nobody can know my secrets, nobody can know anything, burn everything I have. So being the good brother he was, he sold all Houdini stuff to other people. Yeah, it just got auctioned it off a few years ago. Yeah, too. just a few years ago. David Copperfield purchased most of the collection. Oh yeah, uh, from the guy that originally had purchased it. So yeah, I could, they were they were showing it on the one the one documentary or the one video I was watching today, and they're showing some of the items being auctioned off. Uh, Teller was there, you mm -hmm. know, um, and it was funny because they were interviewing him about some of the artifacts and stuff like that. But they blacked them out, like they they look like it was like you know a witness protection yeah. where they put you in like a dark room. It's a shadow. You gonna see it's a shadow. shadow of the person. And then they they had a voice dub over for him too. So they, were, they did not. Yeah. So no they could, because his whole act is that he doesn't speak. Well, so, yeah. So when they want to interview him, he's like, oh, I'll interview. I'll, I'll do your interview, but you can't let anyone hear my voice because it's my shtick, right? The crazy thing is if you go see the show in Las Vegas, the uh, most amazing part have, about yeah. the show is that you can meet and greet them after the show, right? Yeah, yeah. Like, that's incredible. Yeah. And the first thing that happens when you walk up to Teller is he talks to you. Yeah. And you're, you're oh, you're talking to me. What? Yeah, yeah. So. Did you do it? Yeah, of course. I, I went to the show. Did you go, didn't you, and you talked to him? Oh, stuff? yeah, absolutely. Oh, yeah? Oh, yeah. I waited in line to say hi to both of them. I didn't have the courage. You didn't to, have the courage? No. Why not? I don't know. I panicked. You I was panicked? like, I was like, you're so close. I just turned around and there was Penn Jillette, Like, And he's gigantic. Yeah, he's, in, he's enormous. Yeah. He's like, like, I'm a tall person and he makes me look really short. Yeah, he's like 6'7 or 6'8 or something. He's a giant guy. He's like a Jolly Dream giant there. Yeah. 
And he was right there. So I, and this, and my initial react, I had a, I just heard him on a, on an inter- interview on the radio, and it was it was great. He did a great interview. And I just want to tell him that, but I, I totally clammed up and we just got out of there. Cause I was, <laughs> the lineup too. I was like, no, I'm not going to wait in line for him to hear me say, you know, you did good on a radio show. I'm sure every other person says yeah. you did really good today. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. So I left, but I enjoyed the show. Like I was, that, it's a brilliant show. It's a very was, intelligent show. Yes. It's yeah. very, it's a very smart show. Yeah. Because I went in there and I am generally a skeptic. I'm a, I'm not a great audience member. I'm generally a skeptic, so I go in there and I'm right away like just trying to figure stuff out. That's what I'm trying to do. Yeah. And uh, they those guys are perfect. They get me trying to figure out the one thing, and then they did a trick I wasn't even didn't even yeah, know they were doing. doing. It was a complete like a misdirection. They did it all the time, and I I, I was I fell for it every time and uh, couldn't believe it. Like you're watching the one act, they're trying to debunk something. And then they're pulling off a totally different act totally different that you don't even know they're doing. Even, yeah. They even fooled me once during the show. They used my knowledge against me to fool me. Yeah. And I was just like, this is, that was just so clever. And it's always great as a, a illusionist when you go see a show and you can get fooled. Yeah, yeah. Because there's so many principles and magic that you know the secrets to. And once you know a couple of the principles, you kind of know everything, right? It's yeah. just, but uh, yeah, I went to the show and they, they, they fooled me. They, they did something that I thought something else was going to happen. I went, what? What, what yeah. just happened at the end of that? And I was just so thrown off. Yeah, they, they talked about. I heard him in a an interview one time where he was saying that they've been working two years or two and a half years or something like that on this one trick where they were gonna make a, a small elephant disappear. That was their whole thing. But they were gonna get a cow to dress up <laughs> like they're gonna get this cow dressed up like an elephant. It was kind of <laughs> like their the joke, right? Yeah. But they have to, in order for them to get the cow to disappear, they get the get the cow to behave, right? Mm-hmm. And cows are stupid. That's why we eat them, right? And then uh, so the, they said they're having uh, the hardest time. They, they're figuring out the logistics of making them disappear, mm-hmm. but they can't figure out how to make the cow do what he's supposed to. Like hit his marks, you know? Yeah. <laughs> stay. Yeah. I don't know if cows stay. How recently did you see the show in Las Vegas? How recent was this? Uh, two years ago, I think. Oh, well, then you, the, the sawing and half illusion in the show. They, yeah, they, yeah, with a big they, saw. That was like, that's a great, great. If you look up one thing, you see one thing, that's one of the tricks that you definitely got to see. Yeah. They, um, it's classic Penn and Teller. Oh, yeah. That, my, and, that's one of their staples, right? Like, that's yeah. a classic. Uh, that one in the bullet. The, the bullet. Yeah. The bullet catch at the end of the show is just. Yeah, yeah. It's mind-blowing. They've actually had magicians die from that. Oh, I think 11 people have died. From that bullet act. Doing the bullet catch. Yeah. I think it's 11 or something like that, which is just crazy. But um, people just used to, like, the secret method, you know hundred years ago was i'll we'll shoot the bullet we'll just miss you yeah (laughs) okay that's okay that's why people are dying all right guys like this was not that's not a very good idea yeah shooting people is a lot harder than people give them credit for and even missing them on purpose can be just as to miss them on purpose (laughs) unsure about this one yeah i don't know i'm not for it but that no it was a great show my favorite trick in that show was uh the one where they were doing this um they were showing you how to do the misdirection thing so they were and they were doing the close-up magic with Mm -hmm. one of the audience members yeah and then they had uh, like a backdrop behind them. Oh, it's the thing with the video camera. Yes, and that's ha- the one that caught me. Yeah, that one got me completely. That like, that is the best. So part we'll tell of the, the people at home that they were there was a there was a table that he was sitting. The uh, pen was sitting with one of the audience members, and there was like a farm scene behind him. Yeah, and uh, pen would do this stuff, and then Teller would put his hands through the backdrop of the farm scene and drop little like, cows and little trinkets. Uh, pen would pick up and make a peer to the guy and the guy was so focused on his hands yeah that he didn't see that the guy that pen was just dropping him the items and the crowd was all laughing because we were all in on the joke we're in on and, the joke. Uh, and this porsche love from the crowd <laughs> he was none the wiser and we all laughing at his ignorance and that was all the great thing 
And then um, at the end of it all, I think didn't the, the the audience member ripped his face off, and it was Teller, it something was like Teller. That. And then the backdrop, which was a which was a farm scene the whole time, was now a space scene. Space scene, and none of us in the crowd noticed either of those things yeah. change. You know, it's, it's crazy. It was just, and we were all laughing how how this guy was. Yeah, you're was laughing being at fooled. the guy on the stage. You're like, look at this schmuck. He has no idea what's going on. Well, they're suckering you in. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> because that schmuck turns out to be Teller. Sorry to ruin it for a spoiler alert. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I don't even think, even if you know the trick going in, it's if you still, go to watch it, you're still, still going to get fooled somehow by still. it. Still. They're just that and it's good. still hilarious. Yeah, yeah. It's so funny. The greatest part about them is that they're kind of these anti-heroes. They're kind of like the anti-magic. You yeah. Know? But as much as they say that, they have this great reverence for the for the craft and they mm-hmm. and the other performers too. Um, and uh, even a lot of the other Vegas acts. I know they they've they did a lot of or pended a lot of uh, when the Siegfried and Roy when the guy got eat, eaten yes. by the tiger or yes. whatever. He had to go and do the press announcements and stuff like that on behalf of Siegfried and Roy. Yeah. You'd never think like. You, Penn and Teller you, 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 and, Penn and, Siegfried Teller and, and Roy. Siegfried and Roy, like two opposite acts. You know, Siegfried and Roy are the very like flamboyant and whoo, Siegfried and Roy. Yeah, yeah. And then there's Penn and Teller, uh, the bad boys of magic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, you know, giving away all the secrets because ninety percent of the show they they, they give away. Like, and uh, there's there's a great routine in the show where um, Teller does a trick with a ball and he makes it like levitate and float around the stage. And the opening little monologue Penn says before the trick, he goes, uh, this is a trick involving a Teller and a ball and it's done with a piece of string. <laughs> yeah. And then he just walks away. And then just, and you watch the trick. Okay, it's being done with a piece of string, but you have no idea how it's being done. So yeah, they yeah. give you, sometimes they give you the answers and you still don't understand. Well, if you think it's so, it's if you think it's so easy, go ahead and do it. Exactly. Yeah. Sometimes it's, it's like that in this, in this industry. Some people go, that was easy. I go, well, Give it a try sometime. Yeah, exactly. So um, we'll get back to your history here. So we go – so you're a kid. You did your first magic. You did your magic tricks like everyone else, but you didn't grow out of it. And uh, now you – when did you get involved with the straight jacket? Like When does that become part of the act? You know, straight jacket, that was actually fairly recently. Um, it was just a handful of years, a handful of years ago. Um, where was your act when you start? Like, how how developed was your act when you introduced I mean, the street jacket? I had a, I had a pretty decent act, but the problem was was getting booked. Obviously, right? You can have a you can have a great act, you can have a good act, but if no one's booking your show and nobody's interested in you, then you just have you have an act. You don't have yeah. a, you don't have a repertoire or anything like that. You don't have a clientele, I should say. And uh, I was like, okay, so I need to do something to get myself out there. I need to get people's attention. And uh, I thought back to Houdini, like I mentioned, you know, he did the straight jacket escape hanging upside down. In front of the press, boom, people showed up. So I thought to myself, hey, I bet, I, I bet I'm clever enough to be able to do that. And so I started thinking. I was like, okay, I'll hang upside down. I'll get out of the jacket. I was like, okay, wait, how long can I hang upside down for? I was like, can, I, can my body physically take this? Mm-hmm. And uh, I then was like, okay, so how quickly could I get out of the jacket? And then I thought, well, if we're talking about time, why don't I think, you know, look into this whole uh, world record thing? Mm-hmm. Why don't I see if there's a Guinness World Record for this? And uh, that was really just the idea of it. And I literally just pulled my laptop. I typed in, you know, Guinness World Records and uh, started looking up, like, how difficult it was to set one, what the time was. And uh, that little tiny idea turned into this this big thing. And I went from uh, doing about 20 shows a year to 200 uh, appearances a year. Is that right? That's right. It's, so it um, it was it was unbelievable. Now, when you do the, uh, you're always doing it for time, or like you do the yes. the record stuff. Now, when Houdini did it, um, it was he wasn't doing it for time, right? He was doing it more f- to create this 
he wanted to kind of he was trying to extend it a lot of times right like yeah i think yeah definitely he was trying to make it a little more theatrical and uh it was just harder and like he was like the first person to come up with the idea of escaping from a straitjacket so he was still learning you know after all these years uh there's been a way to develop it and make it. Um, I noticed you do it differently than a lot of guys do. It's because my jacket's different from most people's jackets. My j- jacket's different from Houdini's jacket. Um, I use what's called a Posey brand jacket. Posey, it's a company that makes medical restraints for people around the world. Mm-hmm. And uh, creepishly enough, they still make straight jackets. I don't ask me why. Somebody somewhere is using them right now in a hospital, which is, I personally, I find weird. So I say that to people. I don't know. Do, do you find that? Well, I don't know. Yeah, you think, figure with all the drugs nowadays, they would just like they stick you with something, right? And, uh, but then, but then people come back at me with, "Well, then that's not humane either." Yeah, yeah. And I go, "Well, it's putting them in a straitjacket." They go, "Well, I would prefer the straitjacket." And I go, "Really? I think I would too." Really? Because at least I'm me in the straitjacket. At least I'm crazy me. You're crazy. But at least I'm living who who I am, right? When you drug me with all those sedatives, then I'm just like a slobbering vegetable. I'm not even a. I'm not. I'm not even myself. At just all. makes you sleepy. You're a sleepy vegetable. I know, but you don't get to. You don't get to. Even if your thoughts are crazy, I think you're still entitled to them. You know, like even if you're nuts, <laughs> you should still be allowed to be nuts. And unless it's like dangerous stuff, and then then you have to put a straitjacket on if you're going to hurt yourself or whatever. But yeah, I don't know. I I, I I'm not a fan of either one. You're but not a fan of either one. I'd rather be not clinically insane. I'm going for not clinically. Not insane. clinically insane. Just, survey says. Yeah, just below. I think I can hover around that that gray area where they're not going to put me away. They're not going to put you away. If I can stay there for the rest of my life, I think I'm in a pretty sweet spot. <laughs> if, they, if they try to put me away, I'm I'm golden. Like I'm, I'm oh, yeah, set. Yeah. I'm set. Like maybe I am crazy, and I've gotten out, and people just haven't realized it yet. Well, that's just it. I mean, and Houdini's big thing was he had this bravado where he would go and challenge the the authorities, challenge the police, oh, yeah. and tell them like, "Give me your best stuff. I'll get out of it. I'll get out of your jails. I'll do whatever." And that's kind of how he was more brash about it. You know? Oh yeah, he he, you know, he was like, mm, "I'm awesome. I'm great." I think it was a thousand dollars back then if you could create a restraint that he could not escape from. Yeah, he yeah. Would pay you one thousand dollars. There was a blacksmith or something that had created this these handcuffs. The mirror cuffs. The mirror cuffs? Is that what they're called? That's what they're called. The famous mirror cuffs. And he sat there and worked on them forever and ever. It took him like over an hour, didn't it? I think it was three hours. Do you know three, three hours, hours was it? I don't remember for sure. No, I think it was, it, was, it, was, it, was a, it was a very long time. Yeah. Um, and then they said his wife came and gave him a kiss partway through. And they felt the, like... That's the rumor. They, they think that um, uh, a key was slipped to him in that in that kiss but not like some people said it was via the mouth but if you look at keys from back then they're like gigantic like it's right. not like a little tiny thing you fit in your mouth but um and then there's also rumors that this was just a big publicity stunt that he had these created for um for himself and then he played it up like this big thing because it got all this attention like oh houdini can't get out of these handcuffs it yeah, took yeah. him over three hours yeah, yeah. you know what's better than getting out of a pair of handcuffs in two minutes getting out in three hours and you know saying these but are it, the hardest cuffs yeah yeah and his showmanship and his timing was such that by the time he got to the end he knew exactly how to get that crowd to pop as loudly yeah. as he could he said at the end the people like men were standing on their chairs and people were crying and hugging each other and you know like yeah they were so excited that he had done this what he had made to believe was his un- undoable thing, undoable right? Undoable thing. So that, that was the great part about him. Like, you can always learn the the technical parts of, of the craft. Yeah. Know, but the showmanship is really what, what sells. You that, know? I mean, that, that's, that's, that, you know, changes people, you know, from knowing a card trick to performing a card trick. Kind of yeah, thing, yeah. Right? You know, you can know the secrets to the illusions, but uh, performing them, that's a whole other thing. 
Um, going because yeah, you can sell it an easy trick. Oh yeah, to make it look really hard. Exactly. And then as long as you sell it, it that's what's more important than the trick itself, right? Exactly. It's yeah. all it's all in the presentation. Yeah, yeah. They like say it's all in the theater. Yeah. But uh, going back, the straight jacket. Uh, so yeah, it's made by Posey Brand and. Uh, if you watch Houdini or most other escape artists escape from one of these, you'll notice that they um, wiggle and jiggle, and they somehow pull their arms over top of their head. Right. Uh, the people that make straight jackets, they caught on to that. So in the 1950s, they added loops to the fronts and to the sides of the jacket, so you could not lift your arms over top of your head anymore. Oh, that was my question, because I saw Lance Burton. He showed did a demonstration on how you, how you get out of it, yeah. and he, he said the main thing once you, is to get your um, arm um, over, over your, your head. head. Yeah. So then you can start working on it. So that and you don't do that. So. I can't. Yeah, There's yeah. loops holding my arms down, so that you can't actually lift your arms up. So when the when you broke the guy's record, and we'll, we'll so anyways, you you broke this uh, the record that you broke the very first record that you broke was held by um, someone had, in someone in the UK. Someone in the UK, yes. I don't know his name, but uh, he was. Um, it was in 2006 that he had broken this yeah. record. Would he have the same sort of straight jacket as yep. you? Yep, because uh, you get guidelines through Guinness, and they, you know, they say you have to have this type of jacket. You have to do this. It has to be timed like this. You need to be this high off the ground, et cetera, et cetera. They give you a list, and then everybody has to abide by this list. And if you don't, then they will not give you the record. Oh, okay. So, so everything was the same. You were at this, a, a par with that other guy. Yes. And uh, do you know who his name? It's, it was David Straightjacket. I took a guy's record who changed his last name to Straightjacket. Oh, and you and you just crushed him. <laughs> I guess, well, it was a little bit. Do you know where he is now? I have no idea. I did. I didn't contact him. Oh yeah. I wasn't like, oh hey, by the way, I got your record. Rub it in. Yeah. <laughs> like I was just like, that'd be so rude. Yeah. <laughs> but I often wonder. I was like, I wonder how he is. I wonder if he's okay. Yeah, I don't know. I would be, be. I'd be pretty. I'd be pretty ticked off. It's one thing if you did that. Like I think his record was like fifty six seconds or fifty four point two four seconds. I there remember. You go. I figured you reason. might know. Yeah. <laughs> and then, uh, so your attempt when you got when you finally had the um, like you attempted a number of times prior to having the Guinness Book of yes. World Record people there. Like I saw even when you were on Canada's Canada's Got Talent. Yes. Um, you were attempting that same record that mm -hmm. was held by that same guy, which you beat on air, but not sanctioned by. Not sanctioned. Right. And if you watch that, if you watch my Canada's Got Talent clip, you'll notice that you never hear the word Guinness mentioned. Right, right. They edited all that. They edited that out. Oh, okay. Probably so for. They said world record. World record. Although when we were talking, when I was talking back and forth with the judges and in the interviews, it was always Guinness World Record. Right, right. But uh, they edited that little word out. Oh, probably because the red tape you had to go through yeah, or something. Probably some yeah. silly thing like that. Yeah, yeah, it's always about the money, eh? It's always about the money. So, you does 50, sorry, how much was it again? 54.24? 54.24. And when you, at Norfolk County Fair in Simcoe, Ontario here, you, you, you attempted the official record. Official time, yeah. And this was not only a straight jacket upside down, but it was a straight jacket upside down with a Seven, chain. 17 feet of chain as well. And 17 feet of chain. Yeah. And what, uh, are the chains looped through or are they locked? Yeah, well? there's two padlocks on you, and they're wrapped around your body. Okay. And so it was more more than just a straight jacket attempt, the, uh, and we went from 50... Say it again. 54.24. 54.24, and you broke it in? 19.2 seconds. Which is crushing it. Crushing it. <laughs> like, it's not even a little bit. If you did it at 50, 50 seconds, you know, you'd still have the record, and that other guy probably wouldn't hang himself. He probably wouldn't want to hang himself. He's you, hanging the other way around right now. Yeah, you crushed that poor man. Uh, well, thank you. I, I try, I try. Well, if you're going to do it, go big or go home, yeah, right? Yeah. Like, what's the point of shaving off a couple seconds? Like, you got you to gotta murder it. So do you think it's something, I mean, obviously, um, 
there's there you worked hard at it right like yeah. you, you had to train and train and train to get to that point um and that's another interesting point you trained in your at your home in your parents home yes correct? in yeah. your front in your front yard in the front yard the poor avon lady god bless her <laughs> uh she got many a fright so, so I just need to know about the contraption in your front yard. Like, what kind of device is in your front yard that it's going to hang you upside down? This, this is this is this is actually quite amusing. The we it was a it was like a, a pulley device that would lift me up into the air. We had this, this little stand, and then there was a pulley device attached to that, and it was designed to haul up um, deer carcasses. Oh yeah. So yeah. after like you go hunting, you hang up your deer, and you you know you whatever you do to a deer after you you know you gut it essentially. Yeah, gut it. Yeah. Uh, that's what was hanging me upside down. Okay. <laughs> so it, it was hilarious. So I was like, hopefully this Were works. you able to – did you always have to have someone help? Uh, I, yes. Because you don't have any hands. Yeah, you don't have any hands. Uh, yeah, you don't right? have any hands. You know? So who is, who is helping you? It was my father. Would you believe it? And Dale's here today. Uh, Luke's dad, Dale, is here today. I was hoping you'd bring your assistant or something like that. No offense to you, Dale. <laughs> but I saw – You're not as pretty as what he said. <laughs> She's That's much was, better looking. Uh, yes, yeah. yeah, she is. <laughs> I was like, but I, we're happy to have you. So here you are. You're you're the one stringing your son up at uh, <laughs> in your front yard. Did the child services ever show up? No, actually they didn't. No, no? we had a lot of cars slowing down though, and the traffic jam traffic on the tiniest jams. street in the world. <laughs> People would go go down this road. You can sometimes see that guy hanging upside down, wiggling out of a straight check. That's what happened. People yeah? would like start driving past, and they drive past slowly and. People or, or they would walk really quickly because that was always a great thing to do. Just look over at them and go, hey. And then they kind of like try to make not make eye contact with you and walk really fast. And yeah. it's like, okay. So either they were really excited or they were like, oh, my gosh, we need to not be here right now. <laughs> Isn't that funny how sometimes – anytime you're trying to do something that's a little bit different, like a little bit more creative or off the beaten path, you come across as – kind of insane until you're until until, you, until people pay to see it a sane uh, insane even more being it was a straitjacket so yeah yeah know, it was like the ultimate insane it'd be different if you're just sitting there on the you know on the grass in your straitjacket sitting on the rolling around screaming or something try taking a straitjacket into the dry cleaners <laughs> it's been done it's been done <laughs> I sent I sent my father in with it. I was like, you 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 deal with this awkward. You moment. can't put them in the washing machine. Uh, no, you can't. They're not, they're not designed to really go in washing. There machines. you go. For anyone there with an entrepreneurial spirit, go out there and invent a machine yeah. <laughs> a machine washable straitjacket. You know, big money in it. Yeah. over. There you go. <laughs> and straitjackets are not cheap uh, devices. It's the most expensive piece of clothing I own, which is I I don't know. So you have to order it from medical device. Like from a medical supply store or something yeah. like that. You know, yeah. online, did you get it? Yeah, you have to, and you have to get a prescription. So you have to convince somebody to write you a prescription for it. Is that right? Yes, they're by prescription only. So what quack did you find? No, I'm just kidding. Don't, don't get him in trouble. <laughs> I'm not going to get him in trouble. But uh, I, we, we convinced uh, a doctor to do that for us, and we are forever grateful. And three refills. Three <laughs> refills on it. So yeah. I will never be without a straitjacket. Well, I might need to. It's like uh, you're kind of like a drug dealer, right? Eh? Someone's like, I got, I got well, a kid. I'm really get, having problems like... with. You know, <laughs> think you can slip me a straight jacket? Yeah, it's, there's, a, there's an underground market for it now. Yeah, and it, and being it's the real one. You know, yeah, they're, they're they're not they're not easy to get your hands on. You call the actual company and they just hang up on you. Yeah, yeah. Like, I'd like to get a straight jacket. Click. <laughs> Hi, I've, I'm planning on just. Uh, what, constraining someone? <laughs> it's just a hobby of mine. A very unusual life. Yeah. So you ended up getting on. So the first time that you, the, uh, uh, Canada's Got Talent was the first real big exposure you had. Oh, yeah. Right? And uh, 
Uh, I never watched that show, actually. I, uh, Martin Short was on it, right? Yeah, Martin Short. The other two judges, I didn't know who it was. N- nobody knew who they were. Yeah. They said out of Canada's Got Talent to try to see if we had talent enough people to sit beside Martin Short. Martin, really, Martin Short was the poll. Uh, and then there was, um, okay, here, here, can I pronounce her name correctly? Misha Bruger Gossman. Misha Bruger Gossman? What does she do? She's an opera singer. Oh, yeah, yeah. I and, do know her, actually. Yeah, Bruger Gossman, right? Yeah, she's very talented. <laughs> <laughs> she is really good. And uh, Stefan Macchio. Who wrote, helped write the, remember the Olympic song, I believe, oh, yeah, I yeah, believe yeah, yeah. in the power. So he's yeah. like a songwriter? Yeah, songwriter. So those were, those were the people. Oh, yeah. Well, they're pretty good then. They're better than, than I thought. I, I apologize to them. But uh, <laughs> so you were on that show and um, you broke the record uh, unofficially. Unofficially, yeah, yeah. yeah. And uh, it was a great performance. And then you moved on. I, it said that they, uh, the clip I saw online, that you moved on to the you next mo- level. You move on to the next round, kind of, in reality TV. And, and then I didn't see anything. That's because uh, the, <laughs> what happened um, is everybody auditioned in the initial round, and then they, they took uh, everybody from the cities that I had gotten through, and then they cut that down to, I think there was over 150 acts, and they cut it down to 34 people. Oh, okay. I did not make that 34 cut. Oh, that's why. Right. And then the rest of the audition just doesn't get and, seen? And then, yeah. So, and there literally was no other audition. They, you literally did that. They said yes, and then they said no. So if, if oh really yeah that was it that was it yeah that kind of reminds me of the dragons den thing too uh, not your situation but in other ones I I know I've done business with people mm-hmm. who have gone to the dragons den yeah. but we'll we'll get there um so you're so that it never went on um but if you were say to have made it let's mm-hmm. just top and talking hypotheticals hypothetically yeah you, you you said at that in that uh, interview that you had after that you had a couple other big things planned to try to. Because you would have to keep raising the bar. Absolutely. And you started at a world record already. Mm-hmm. So you started the bar it's pretty like, high. I was like, if, and then I was like, when I didn't get through, I was like, I, I, I broke a world record. What more did you want me to do? Like, yeah, come yeah. on. Like, how many other people broke a world record on the show? It was, it, was there another magic act that made it? Uh, one other magic act made it. Made it through? Made it through. He had a more compelling backstory. Uh-huh. uh-huh. Yeah. His mother didn't want him to become an illusionist, and he did, and he was succeeding, and his mother was happy for him. There's your great weakness. There's, I, you your know, great weakness is that your dad loves you. Yeah, and my that. parents love me, <laughs> and they uh, they support me. So next time, I'm just going to lie to so my Boring. parents. hate me, and they don't want me to do this, and they threw me on the streets. Yeah, a little bit of abuse. Throw something in there. Yeah, I mean, you gotta, you got to lie a little bit. But it's reality <laughs> TV, so it was only so much of it is true. And, yeah. and I'll, I, honestly, when I, when I went on the show... I pitched them because they want every single stunt that you would do, every single act you would do up yeah. until the finale. And so I gave them all my ideas, and they said, oh, no, 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 no. You're going to do this stunt first. It's going to be great. It's going to be wonderful. And then we'll probably never see you again. Oh, yeah. And I went, really? They go, that's just the way it's going to work. Oh, yeah. So I, I kind of knew like ahead of time going in, like, okay, so this, is my, this needs to be really good. It needs to be a lot of fun. It needs to be good TV. Yeah. And because uh, they, they pretty much told me ahead of time, like, you're – you're going bye bye after this, right? Right. They're they're probably all say yes, but after that, gone. give us give us your good stuff. Give us your good stuff now because y- yeah, yeah, yeah. We're, you're not going to see it. Which is actually it. doing you a favor. Which because, was doing me a, a humongous favor. Yeah, because then you know you do put out your marquee act because then you can then you you got legs yeah. on it. You know you yeah. can at least leverage it, right? Oh yeah, and uh, and a lot of other magic acts that were on there they didn't get like I got a full piece. You know I got the full four or five minutes of you know the backstory and doing the stunt instead of just being in a little montage right, right. so uh i was really appreciative of that right so the, the other thing uh yeah that's uh, that's a good thing just to get your name out there and exposure they used you in the opening and everything they used like me that. in the opening and i mean uh when it first aired like the first episode was like 2.5 million people watched it 
Really? Which it, like, it was like the biggest opening of a reality TV show in Canada history, Canadian history, I should say. Is that right? Yeah. See, I, didn't even, I missed it completely. I'm a head, I'm, I don't know what I... What, well, well, I'm I mean, watching kids' show. I got kids. What, you so. got kids. Yeah. What, what's a good kids' show to watch? I don't know. I haven't what, seen one what, yet. I haven't seen <laughs> 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 No, I, well, I like the little kids' show. I like all the cartoons. But as soon as it gets into like adult program, like where the tweeny stuff... Oh, yeah. You know, like, I like... Hannah I'm Montana, out. I Carly or something like that. Yeah, like the, whatever they have now, they have uh, Jesse and oh. Ant Farm and all these things that they're geared towards. Uh, I just find the jokes to be weak. Like, it's like the, the old the, sitcom the la- and the laugh track in the background. Do they have yeah. a laugh track? Yeah, uh, like, yeah. Ha, 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 ha. yeah, yeah. The old dead people laughing. That. And I, 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 uh, and most of the thing they're laughing at are isn't funny. It's just for timing. They put yeah. They they say something in, in a rhythmic pattern and then put a laugh track in. <laughs> And then you're supposed to laugh. And I'm always asking my kids, what are you laughing at? What is that? What's funny about that? And they're like, nothing's funny about it. Just shut up, Dad. Just leave us alone. <laughs> we like it. So, But anyways, uh, in my research, I had uh, – I, I want to get in because we're, this time's going so quick with you. Uh, I wanted to get into Doug Henning a little bit because Doug Love Henning him. is our greatest uh, Canadian uh, – Illusionist, I would say, in history. Yeah. Right? We wouldn't have anyone else that's made it to the level of Doug Henning. Oh, absolutely not. And uh, Doug Henning, and uh, I actually, uh, from what I see in you and what I I see in Doug Henning, I see some parallels. Oh. And the the main parallel is you both seem like real nice guys. Like you just (laughs) seem. I try to be. You just seem like, uh, like I think, very Canadian in the fact that you just seem very nice about it. Like we always said, Houdini was a prick. Like yeah. Penn and Teller are kind of like they're a little edgy there. They're and edgy nasty. and nasty. You know, you got guys like David Blaine are trying to be dark and brooding, yeah. and, and then uh, Chris Angel very who's dark as well. Yeah, and I was like, oh, it's cool. Oh, yeah, cool, like cool. where he he pret- you know the, he had the guillotine act to pretend yeah. to cut someone's head off or something like that. But uh, uh, you know, all these people are kind of going for shock, and they're more of the dark, and they're yeah. they're, they're selling an image that isn't. Yeah. Uh, where you and Henning seem like you're, you'd really love magic. Welcome to my wonderful world of magic. <laughs> I'm not saying, you know, he's a little odd too. I'm not saying that. And his, fashion, his fashion sense was another thing. Eh? Oh, it was incredible. You need to get one of those saying. blue jumpsuits blue with the rainbow. the rainbow. The rainbow blue jumpsuit. Like if I could find one of those, I, I might be tempted to wear it. Doug, oh, you got it, man. I, you got I, it's it. incredible. And he had, he had the long hair. Yeah, I, I'm. You know, the duster. You gonna grow that? I, I probably won't. <laughs> There's a line, I think. Uh, but I you mean, you can do it. He he revolutionized uh, magic back then. He he changed the way people were, were dressing because if you look, because um, traditionally magicians are supposed to wear a tuxedo and a top hat and you're supposed to be all stuffy and stuff. Um, but he came out and you know the overalls and you know uh, rainbow shirts and stuff like it's like what are you doing Doug Henning you can't wear that stuff yeah. and uh but he changed it so that nowadays people you know felt like they could wear something different and uh, even today I get hounded all the time for the way I dress Oh, yeah? They're like, that's not how an illusionist or a magician is supposed to dress. You're supposed to have a tuxedo and you look sloppy. Other magicians have just hounded on me. Like, I got some very nasty, nasty emails from others saying I was a slob and I was a degenerate and I was a disgrace to magic because of the way I dressed and looked. Yeah. And I was like, okay, okay wow. Whew. Well, show me a – show. Uh, I guess you could, but, I mean, show me a, a guy working today in a tuxedo that's uh, – anyone – Really, it's of any note. Yeah, I mean, all the biggest acts kind of have done like what we just went through. You know, like they're the ones that have broken it's, the mold, it's changing, right? Yeah, made it more more relevant again because it was seen. You know, it was seen to be stale, and yeah. kind of people aren't interested anymore. And then once people kind of put breathe some new life into it, get excited about it again. 
but a lot of times it still stems from the traditions of magic and that's the thing about Doug Henning too he came from Houdini same as you yeah um, uh, most people do come from Houdini to be honest with you because he's a great influence on, yeah. on most of the people in your profession but um, Henning did the uh, his big break into the popular culture was the uh, Chinese Water Torture Act yeah and he did that um, on or it was televised I can't remember what the television program was but he he did it, uh, and that was what kind of what had broke him through. That he was a big name. He did Houdini's Water Torture Act, and he said after he did it that he was done. Never do that again. Never doing it again because mm. he didn't want to put himself or his audience through the stress of it. Is what yeah, he said. It's and it's a stressful thing. Oh sure. I, oh, like I, I've never, I've never, um, I've, I've obviously I've done things underwater. I got a world record for that now, apparently. Uh, but really? really? Yeah, yeah. What? Tell me about it. Oh, I have the Guinness World Record for fastest escape from a straitjacket underwater. Where did you do it? I okay. Get ready for this one. I did it outside, in a tank of water, in Yellowknife. What time of year? <laughs> Does uh, it matter? Uh, it doesn't really matter. It was October, <laughs> so it was cold. Oh, needless wow. to say, um, so they had to pipe in scalding hot water, essentially, and uh, it was frightening. At times. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and uh, almost, well, I did become sick after it. I caught a nasty, nasty cold. Um, but I got the world record. Yeah. <laughs> was it a sanctioned one? Like, what, Yeah, uh, uh, Gans World Records was there. The uh, same guy that was there at the Norfolk County Fair. He came down and, um, but yeah, we did it there and it was, it was absolutely crazy. So that was your third one? That's That was my third one. And your second one was the one just a straight jacket? Just escape. a straight jacket without the... And you have beaten that one twice. You've beaten your own record, haven't you? Yeah. If you put together all the times I've broken records, I've broken seven times. Oh, okay. Seven official times. But three distinctly but different. But three things, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So when you were on the Dragons then, which record were you trying to break then? Uh, pitching the idea to break the record for most escapes from a straitjacket in eight hours. Oh, right, right, right. So it's kind of like a marathon of escapes. Right, right. And is that one still in the works? Of it's, it's still in the works. Oh, it's, yeah? uh, we're, we're working on it right now, and it's it's going to be pretty crazy when we get it all together. Now, because it's Dragon's Den, I, and then my experience with Dragon's Den, and I should put the YouTube uh, clip of that up on my on my Facebook page and my Twitter just to make sure people have a chance to see it. But um, the uh, the Dragon's Den, my experience, I used to lend money in agriculture, mm -hmm. and some of my customers would uh, want would get approved by Dragon's Den. Yeah. They'd come with their pitch, and Dragon's Den would say, okay, I'll throw money at you. Yeah. And then most of the time, by the time they get through the due diligence and all the legal stuff. and falls apart. The deal never, ever yeah. uh, gets funded. And usually, or in a lot of cases, we would say, why don't you take their money? Just, let, just borrow it from us, yeah. and then you can get all the benefit of it rather than giving it to... O'Leary, who's mm -hmm. going to take <laughs> way more than what we're going to take at our 5% interest or whatever it was, right? But uh, in your case, so I imagine there's a lot of like, um, not a lot you can say about it, or do they let you just talk about it? I can't talk too, too much about it, but yeah. I... About the actual planning and yeah. stuff? Right. You ended up getting the girl to... Arlene Dickinson. Arlene Dickinson. There you go. To, uh, to, to, she outbid Kevin O'Leary. She outbid Kevin O'Leary, which can I just say, Kevin O'Leary... I couldn't believe it. I, I nearly peed my pants. If you look at my facial expression during that, my my face like melts and my voice changes. I go like really high pitched all of a sudden. It was uh, it was mind blowing. I couldn't believe it because you sat there like, and uh, I usually kind of get like I usually am, even though he's his deliveries, he's meant to be a curmudgeon, oh, right? Yeah. And uh, it's part of his his whole act, but but he's usually I agree with him like most of the time. Yeah. In his financial decisions, like the guy's done pretty well for himself so he he's must know something and then when 
when you did it, I was like, I could picture some of the more like the wealthy barber or yeah. someone like one of those guys going to. I was ready for Kevin O'Leary to rip me apart. Yeah. I was waiting for it. Because you you had said kind of how, you, how you've monetized it or how your last world record attempt resulted in so many yes. bookings for you. Yeah. And then he, he was like, uh, he liked that. They said that he actually monetized it. Yeah. And that he made it, a, I think the fact that you just made it cash flow positive for him, was, you know, he, yeah. you were asking for 20 and you're going to give him 30. You yeah. know, like he said, okay, well, then at least I have a profit margin. Why wouldn't I do it? Right. Yeah. Um, where she went up more thinking mm-hmm. probably she could benefit if you were to be able to do 30 without the professional health. Yeah. But do you find then working with these guys that, um, that they've brought, you've been able to learn a lot from the team of people or has it still been more in the, the discovery phase at this point? I mean, you, I think you can learn something from everybody, and you know, just just these these communications back and forth. I'm I'm learning all the time, and uh, we're trying new things, and um, yeah, I'm always learning. But like from a business standpoint, oh yeah, I mean, because like your your focus has been on the technical stuff and yeah. the art and stuff, art part of it, and the and the craft. But the like in order to get, like, do you have an agent? No, would you believe uh, we just kind of do everything ourselves? Right, I, right. I never went to any type of uh, business training. Literally, just uh, grown this business uh, from nothing into something, and we kind of just learned how businesses work uh, like this, and learned about you know advertising and how do we get gigs and uh, yeah, yeah. how do we capitalize on uh, any everything. So, yeah. what's your stomach for the for how far you want to take it? Like, like I had Fred Eaglesmith in a couple of weeks ago, and he's really proud of the fact that he's been in the music business for so long. But he's never been in the music business, or he's not. He's outside of the music business, so he books his own gigs mm-hmm. and sets up his own chairs yeah. and puts his own posters up, yeah. and plays a heck of a lot of gigs all over the all over North America and the world. But he's not. He's getting all the whole gate. You know, if yeah. he's doing a Legion show, you know, he gets, gets the, everything, everything, right? Everything. And uh, if he's got to go through an agent and a booker and a oh and yeah, Live Nation these, and all yeah. that stuff, you know, you're getting. You know, little your all your pies getting chipped away at yeah. for all these other entities that are going to be stealing or taken from you yeah. for what they do. So he's happy to be away from that, but mm-hmm. you do have the limitation on how many eyes are going to get on you that exactly. way. You know, so you're kind of and, and then you put so much work onto yourself. I mean, you got to unload the truck, you got to set up the chairs, you got to set up the lights, you got to set up the sound, you got to make sure there's this at the front, you got to have your advertising done. I mean, most of the time, um, we're, we're on the road, like. It's uh, it, sometimes it feels like magic. I'm not getting paid to do magic. I'm getting paid to advertise the show. I'm getting paid to do this and do that, but not the magic part. Like the magic yeah. part's the easy part. Yeah, yeah. You hear that all the time in comedy too. All the guys are are like, you know, if I could just do, work my show. Yeah. And then I didn't have to go to the radio early morning radio station. Yeah, yeah. And I didn't have to go talk to people at their podcast. Yeah. I didn't have to, you know, <laughs> kiss babies and do all the things you got to do to get fill the seats. Yeah, because you know? at the end of the day, it's all about filling those seats. And if you can't fill those seats, well, then it doesn't matter how good your show is. Right, right. Nobody's there to see it, right? So right. it's, um, what was it? Um, Chris Kenner, uh, David Copperfield's executive producer, said, uh, if you build it, they will not come. <laughs> if you build it, they might come if you advertise it really, really well. Yeah. <laughs> so I've kind of just gone with that. So just because you're putting on a show doesn't mean anyone's going to come. And, and and in today's day and age with social media and everything yeah. like that, it makes it easier for you to do, to get at least get the word out there. Yeah, you can. Where you know in the past, I don't know. How, I, don't I don't know how, how they, they did, did it. it. Well, yeah. I, I sometimes think I was like, wow, that must have been just terrible. Yeah. Like it was posters everywhere and stuff. And it's not that long. It's not that long of of our history that we've had the ability to do this yeah. even like the, the internet's only been around for 
what, 15 years? Mm -hmm. And then, uh, like, where it's been mainstream for the general public. And of those 15, I'd say maybe only, say, seven or eight of them, we've really done anything with social media and that sort of thing, right? Maybe not even. Maybe not even, right? Yeah, maybe only five or something. But So it's amazing how much that's changed. And I'm excited about it because I think that's kind of the way it should be. The artists get to have the control, Mm -hmm. and they can – if once. And then even if you do, even if it's not monetized as greatly, at least it's all yours. You know, yeah. at least then your creative controls remains yours. You yeah. don't have to worry about cowtown to to some corporate entity that's going to make you like sacrifice what what you do or change the order of your yeah. act or eliminate a trick that you really like and you think. And that that's happened before when we because sometimes we do work through agents and different book book. book oh, let me try that one again. Different bookers. There we go. Nailed that Nailed one. It. And uh, we go through these different people, and uh, sometimes they, they do. They depict what my show should be like and what should be in the show. Right. And um, other times, places have just uh, refused to hire me just because um, they wanted me to dress a certain way, look a certain way. And I said, well, I'm not going to do that. I'm not, it's, not, it's not who I am. I'm like, then I'm you know, putting on a fake show. It's like, that's not me. So uh, I, uh, I was like, I'm, you know, I'm going to stand up for who I am and what I what I uh, stand for here. I'm going to be myself. I'm not going to pretend to be somebody else. Right. And uh, so, yeah, sometimes that happens. But, yeah, and sometimes they say, take that illusion out of the show. We don't like that trick. I don't think you should do it. Yeah, yeah. And, um, you know, sometimes you, you got to, sadly, you got to suck it up and just do that. Yeah. But that, that's the one thing I won't cross the line at is when people go, this is the way you should look. This right. is the way you should act. Because I'm like, no, that's that's silly. You can tell me you don't like this trick in the show. Like that's, that's one thing. But if you say you don't like the way I look and you want me to dress differently and look differently, well then that's just crazy. Yeah. Yeah. Cause that's oh. a terrible, that's a terrible message to put across to people. Like, yeah, I'm going to, I'm okay with changing my look, uh, for you and doing whatever you want. Right. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Last I heard they were coming to see me. I think, and I am me. Like yeah. I'm not trying, I'm, I'm not dressing up as me. I really am me. I am so, me. So this is me. This, right? is what I, this is what you're getting. If you want to pay for it, then do it. If you don't, then go see someone else. Then know? that's what I said. Yeah. That's also, I, if you're wearing a tuxedo like everybody else and, you know, you cut your hair and you, you look like one of those uh, nameless faces, like Lance Burton for it. Let's just use him. Yeah. He looks like everybody else. He looks like every other magician. Who's that guy in, uh, in uh, Niagara Falls that's got his own theater Craig there? Fruin. Craig Fruin. Craig Fruin with the Craig. Tigers. I went yeah. and saw his act too. And, uh. And like he's the same way. Like he's generic. He's he looks generic, like everyone yeah. else. I can't tell him apart. I think I, I think I saw Lance Burton in Tunica, Mississippi. Yeah. But I don't know. You don't know. He just the guy looked like Lance <laughs> just a guy Burton. Looks like Lance Burton. <laughs> he might have been somebody completely different. <laughs> but uh, you know that's what I'm talking about. Like if you, the best guys are the guys that actually you know are, you can distinguish from everyone else. The only reason we're talking about Doug Henning still today is because Doug Henning was. Unique. It was like, very unique, very and different. E- and even the people who, you know, would make fun of the, like how cheesy it was or whatever, which it kind of is. Oh, you it's know? definitely cheesy. It's, you know, but it's nonetheless pretty darn cool. Oh, you it's, have to it's admit. great. You know? And he was doing something that was groundbreaking. Like he, he would do. Uh, he did, he did. I don't know how many times he did the Tonight Show. Which is which? I'm supposed to bring up Fallon. Are you going to get on Fallon? I'm going to yeah. try to get on Fallon. That is my goal right now. It's on my little wish list. I have a wish. So we can list. start a Twitter. We'll start a Twitter campaign we'll to get start you on Twitter Fallon? campaign. Come on, Jimmy Fallon. Come okay, on. I'll do what I can. The Dutch Hall uh, <laughs> faithful. We'll we'll do what they can we'll to try to like uh, try to get Lucas Wilson on the Tonight Show. I think it'd be hilarious uh, if both Jimmy and Fallon and I were upside down in straight jackets together. Uh, he'd, he'd be the type that would try I, to And do I feel something. like he's the kind of person that would try that, right? Yeah. I don't know if that guy's going to be able to keep doing it for years and years. He just looks like he's going to – it's so exhausting. It's so, he, he puts so much energy into the show. Yeah, I know. By the end of it, I'm tired watching <laughs> him, you know? <laughs> it's like, holy mackerel, he's doing everything, right? <laughs> but uh, I figured – I always think like 20 years in, you're going to see like just – 
Jimmy Fallon just exhausted, just sitting just there saying, what you, like Letterman is now, just like, what, yeah. are you, what are you saying? Like, all right. Thank you. says on my card that you were on a fishing yeah, trip. Yeah, on a fish. <laughs> <laughs> right now it's entertaining. But um, so we're getting to an hour. I just want to do a quick kind of like um, uh, rapid fire, if, if you don't mind. Go for it. Um, just about different um, magicians. We kind of got into most of them. Um, and you give me your opinion on, on what, what, what you see. Or wh- who have you seen live? Let's start with that. Uh, I've seen, I've seen, seen Penn and Teller. Seen Penn and Teller. I, I've seen mostly everybody. I mean, anybody that's been seen Copperfield. Seen, of numerous times. Yeah, numerous times. He's 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 my idol. He's my guy. You say he's the best. Yeah, I I say he's the best. Yeah. In today's modern age, I'd say yeah. For if you're looking for an illusionist, David Copperfield is the best. What does he? What makes him the best? What makes what sets him apart? I mean, he he once again he revolutionized. He changed the way we perform magic. You know, magic before was you know you do a trick right he, he started using stories and magic and he made it uh, more theatrical and he made it something that you can connect with he really changed um that that type of presentation right mm-hmm. so instead of uh you know um, just doing a silly little trick there's a, an emotional story behind it so you have a connection with a trick he's, he's turned magic into an art form i guess you could say right so and then uh who would who would you say would be like an up-and-comer like other than yourself like, do you, are, do you follow some of the young guys that are in the same stage of their career as you? Uh, you know, I've, like I, like I mentioned before, you know, I get, you most, said you had feedback. From I, get, I get feedback from other magicians and usually it's not nice things that are said. And I mean, I, I come from, you know, Port Dover, so there's not many illusionists in Port Dover to chat with. Right. And so, uh, there's, there's some, there's some guys my age out there, but, uh, I don't really communicate with them. Right. That much, you know. Well, how do they see your act? They uh, follow each other on Twitter. Like, oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like that's that's pretty much that's pretty much it. And in the magic community, it's such a it's such a strange community of you know people because we're all vying for that job and that gig and uh, trying to one up each other. It's a very it's, a, it's it's like a peeing competition half the time with these guys. And you're not you don't find a lot of people rooting for each other's success in that line of work. Uh, if if you've been friends for a long time, yes. If you're uh, if you haven't been friends, then. Uh, you're just kind of watching from afar. So have you ever, like, I'm a firm believer that, uh, and I'm, I'm kind of, um, in the looking for my own mentor now in, in, in my, my new life, but it, always in my previous career, I've always decided every stage of my career, I pick kind of a mentor, a person mm-hmm. that was where I want to be. And I would like just, uh, approach them and ask questions and kind of like sometimes just ask them, do you mind if I can use you as a mentor to try to learn from? Cause have you ever done that with magic or have you ever gotten some, some good advice from someone that's in the business that you've been, that's really changed the way that you do things? I see. I work, um, almost in the opposite way. I ask people like outside of, of the magic business, uh, cause I'm happy with like my magic stuff. So what I do is I ask, you know, like uh, theater producers, I talk to them like, how do you, how are you, how are you doing this? Or I talk to marketers and work on like the, the business side of it and how, how do you progress and how do you build a show and a company like this mm-hmm. instead of um, asking other illusionists kind of things. Like right, that. right. Oh, well, you're not so, you're not so interested in that and in how to do, do the, the magic part, but yeah. you're, how do you, how to get your, how do you turn it into a business? Yeah. How do you, how do you, how do you, how do you, how do you grow this? How do you, yeah. how do you make this into a living? Right. Yeah. Yeah. How are we, how are you, how are you going to turn this into, you know, paying the bills and you know, all that stuff. Have you ever had someone at one of your shows that you were surprised to see that like somebody in, in the, in the business or some, no, see like the, when, um, when other magicians come to my show, they never say anything. 
Oh yeah. And it, you get you get a nasty email the next day saying I was at your show yesterday and this is what I thought. Oh, that's it sucks. Yeah, it, they don't would, come up to you. They don't really they don't really say anything. And uh, that's unfortunate because it's such a. It would be I I kind of get where you're coming from. Like it seems like you're on an island sometimes. It must yeah. seem like you have your assistant now. Yeah. Uh, how did you guys meet? Oh, we met in high school at Holy Trinity. Would you believe that? In the in the drama class. Oh yeah, yeah. And, and did uh, she have the same affinity for magic as as you? I mean, she loves theater, and uh, so I, I just asked her one day. I was like, "Hey, do you want to be my magic assistant?" And she went, "Yeah, sure, we'll, we'll do that." And uh, obviously, since then, she's grown this love for magic and performing. Yeah. And uh, we've we've had so much fun together. It's been great. Yeah, she's she's very likable. Like she's a great assistant to have. Like she's like she's nice. Like she's uh, <laughs> like she's obviously she's nice she's nice looking and everything but she's <laughs> also like a, like a, she has a personality too it's well, not she's great and when you see like our full show like you get to see her personality come to life on the stage and uh, you get to see her little quirks and stuff so she's great yeah I like that a lot better because sometimes you see the assistant get treated like they're dismissed up yeah. there like they're just meant to fill fill the yeah, their call, body we, filter. we call those box jumpers because they jump from box to box yeah 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 but no I, I like to I like to say she's she's my assistant because she does. So much in the show, and I, illusionists don't give credit enough to their assistants because you know the girls like they may put them in the box, but they're making all the magic happen behind the curtains or inside the box, right? Yeah. So we we just stand on the outside of the box and wave our arms and stuff, right? And the magic right. happens. It's the assistant that uh, is doing all the real magic. Little fun fact for you there. Yeah, well, yeah, that's true. You have to really trust them. Oh like, yeah, because yeah. they decide like, don't like you right now. You know. Yeah, you yeah. Tick me <laughs> off this morning. You can look like and, a real jerk, and they, they can they can just you know. You know, if you they let you down, uh, your entire show can fall apart. So yeah, it, it, it's a lot. A lot is on them, and then the people behind the scenes, right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, the curtain closes on the stage. You know, there's a thousand things happening backstage while I stand out there and go blah 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 blah. blah and yeah, yeah. our next trick is here. You know, you're killing that, that curtain's got to open, and the trick's got to be set up properly, and the stuff's got to be there and ready to go. And if it's not, then uh, you know, you're kind of screwed. Right, right. So you kind of touched on it a bit, and I, I didn't know you were already doing stuff underwater, but I was thinking for the future where you're going with your act uh, to try to end with it. But, uh, like, right now, I mean, you started out with the straight jackets upside down as your big yeah. kind of, like, thing. And um, if you look at some of the other people, you've, uh, Doug Henning, probably the exception, but the rest of the guys usually, like even Houdini, he started with the handcuff ex uh, escapes, and then he went to the straight jacket mm -hmm. escapes, and then... He had to go to the water escapes, yeah. and then it keeps progressively ra uh, ratcheting up the level of danger, yeah. or pre perceived danger for the for the audience. And it seems like you're kind of on that same path. Is that is that fair to say? Absolutely. So the as time goes on, you're gonna the that that uh, danger is gonna get kind of like ramped up all the time, right? It, it, would you believe we're already ramping it up at the show at Holy Trinity in June? Do you want me to give you a good idea? Go ahead. Give me your, give me your idea. What's this your is idea? a Dutch Hall idea. All right. So this is, a, this is the deal, though. If I give you this idea and you use it in your act, then you have to um, pay that royalty of two dollars. You know, throw me on the end of property guys to <laughs> yes. say that live from the Dutch Hall to give me this idea. Then the people will listen. But so this is it. You, it's a water escape. Okay. Which you've already said you can do. So oh. piece of cake, right? Yeah. Piece of cake. Walk in the park. So I was actually thinking, you know, Norfolk County Fair. You know how they got those big. Uh, those high divers? Have you ever yes. seen those high divers? Oh, yeah. Incredible. Right? They're... I don't know how they do that. Like, they stop in, like, what, 10 feet of water or whatever? Like, yeah. It's crazy. So, so this is what you got to do. Go to the top. Oh, no. Right? Oh, okay. And then we have this contraption. So it's a, it's like a bungee cord type of, trans, uh, of contraption that you're going to jump off the okay. thing. And the idea is that uh, 
this cord is on a pulley, mm-hmm. and then you'll you'll jump off your platform, and you're gonna swing over the water. Oh my goodness! Right, and uh, escape yep. from the thing, uh, and you have so much time to do it. Otherwise, the cord will be cut or something cut. like that. There's some. Yeah, I haven't worked it out yet. <laughs> so <laughs> you figure out the rest. Right, uh, but instead, when you jump, the the core or the the end of the rope is not attached. Mm-hmm. So right away you mm-hmm. fall into Free the fall. tank. You know, if you get a shark or prawn or something in the tank, it's going to make it better. Minor, yeah, minor detail. But you, you can work that out. Yeah. I'll work out the the sharks <laughs> with laser beams on their head. Yeah, yeah, at the end. But then the, the shock of the crowd when you fall to what seems like your death, eh? <laughs> and then the, that that's the main thing. You know you're doing it from the beginning, so you're going to be. Oh, and then I'll just be fine. You'll be fine. You'll be fine. But the the, the it could really. Scar children, I think, could really scare them. That's what hey, I think. Kids, we're come watch the magic guy die. This yeah, is good. <laughs> there's a certain amount of that, eh? Oh yeah, because there is a legitimately magicians who die from these. Oh acts. yeah, there's people that die from these acts, and uh, they, they're doing stupid things. And uh, you know, there's a buried alive stunt, and that hasn't ended well for some people, where they actually get crushed. They actually get crushed and get buried alive. Yeah, yeah, and die because of this. And uh, and, and the crowds are there. Hoping to see you escape death, but then at the same time witnessing what they know yeah. could be your death, yeah. and it's a little sick. Isn't yeah, it? there's a great, great quote. I don't know who sa- I want to say Houdini said it, but I could I could be wrong. It was um, nobody wants to see a man fall to his death, but they want to be there when it happens. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, you don't want the person to die, but if it's going to happen, you kind of want to be there, right? Yeah, you want to tell the story. Yeah. It was like uh, when Nick Walenda did the walk over Niagara Falls, right? Right, right. You, nobody wanted to see him fall. Even though he had a tether, nobody wanted to see him fall. But you kind of were like, "Oh, is he gonna fall?" Right? Yeah, that's yeah. why everyone's watching it, right? Yeah, that's like the video I posted. It wasn't of death or nothing, but it was of of, uh, of a guy that screwed a trick up and the girl crashed. Ed Alonzo. Was it? That, that's Ed Alonzo. That guy's hilarious. Oh yeah, and then the girl walked off crying because it hurt, <laughs> hurt her. Bad magic is actually really fun to watch. It's for, hilarious for, for me, especially. There was a talent competition. Uh, where this, oh, I wish I could find it, but the guy was just horrible. He he was a, I think a pipe fitter or something or mm-hmm. bricklayer, but in his, it was a hobby for him. And then yeah. he, he went on one of these talent shows and just was so nervous, botched every trick, never explained anything what he was oh. doing, and like dropping his, uh, uh, dropping his his props when he was supposed yeah. to hide them. Like he was just the worst. But it was so un, it was I couldn't take my eyes off it. It was just it's fascinating. Like watching a train wreck, you have to just stare at it. Yeah, I love it. The fact that he had, the guy put himself out there and just got so crushed. I don't know why I take pleasure in that, but I do. <laughs> I, it's just that bombing, you know. I know because I've been there on the other side of it. and I can appreciate the guy's effort. Like at least yeah, you try and I've tried. I've, I've ate it too, and it's uh, it's it's kind of good for you to really yeah. stink sometimes, just so that you can test your metal. How much do I really want to do this? Yeah. And, how determined, and you always become more determined to get better. Oh yeah, absolutely. If you screw up, right? I was in a talent competition when I was in public school, and I placed last doing magic. Yeah, last place, last place, <laughs> and all that made me want to do was do magic better. Yeah, yeah. And if I had given up then, I would not be sitting here today talking about it. And if you would have got first place in that same show, you'd probably sit there like your your poop don't stink. See how yeah. I kept it clean? I don't think I swore the whole show. Look at this, that. Look at that. It's possible. It's great. Right? <laughs> bring, I, bring the whole family. Yeah, yeah, this is a family <laughs> show. I'm going to put it right on my advertising. Let the whole family listen to this Let one. Let the whole family listen to this one. Well, I got to tell you, I compared you to Doug Henning, uh, and but there was two things. I said to my wife, even when you were coming today, I said, I'm not sure if this guy is just completely full of crap. See, I, I said uh, crap. Uh, That's crap. okay. Doo-doo. Yeah. <laughs> 
or if he's just really this nice. But now I've spent an hour with you, and I think you're actually very nice. You are full of crap, though, because by the very nature, by the very nature of your business, is that you're gonna try to fool me. I'm a professional liar. Yes, that's a good one to pick up girls with. But I really enjoyed spending an hour talking to you. I I, I can't believe it's already been an hour. Look at that. I know it's an hour fifteen already. That's crazy. I know. I know. It's always. It it always. It it was like. It was like magic. There yeah, I another one in there. Yeah, that's two. <laughs> well, I'd like to, again, just thank you again for coming in. It's been great. Uh, everybody, please check out Illusionist Lucas Wilson. He is uh, His website is theillusionist.ca. You can also follow him on Twitter, capital L, capital W, underscore Illusionist on Twitter. Or you can go on Facebook, the Illusionist Lucas Wilson. And uh, get the Lucas Wilson app. You can... Uh, do a little pitch for your app because you can actually learn secrets to magic. Yeah, we actually teach you uh, some awesome magic tricks on there, and you can buy tickets to my show. You can get links to all my like um, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, and uh, all all my videos are on there. So it's just a great way to stay up to date with what we're doing, and, and it's all on your phone. And we'll send you a little notification saying, "Hey, we got a new video." So yeah, it's a lot of fun. And on Friday, June the thirteenth, at Holy Trinity Catholic High School in Simcoe, Ontario, he will be doing the Illusionist Wilk- Lucas Wilson's drama department fundraiser i will be going to that with my kids it's going to be ten dollars in advance or 15 at the door it's a great show for anyone that's allowed to go otherwise check out his website and see further dates that he's on because he travels all over and he might be in your neighborhood anytime soon thank you very much for coming in and for the dutch hall please everyone thanks for listening uh the show would be nothing without you guys keep listening every week Please reach out to me at uh, live from the dutch hall at gmail.com tell me how i can make the show better if you'd like to go on um Go on iTunes and uh, give me a uh, give me five stars and maybe a little bit of feedback on there, or uh, like me on Facebook, follow me on Twitter. Is and uh, if you'd like, uh, honestly, um, I've got my Android app that should be ready for next week. I'm hoping to get it ready. Uh, thank you very much again for coming, everybody, and thank you very much, Lucas, and thanks Dale for bringing bringing him in and raising a good kid. So, without further ado, we'll see you next week. I'm Pete Van Dyke. Goodbye. Thank you.